0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So this week has been a little bit jumbled up for me. Uh, I usually put out an episode or two earlier in the week. But let's just say that this week I had a bit of a home plumbing issue. So I've been dealing with a little bit of that. So I ended up recording an episode about... Summer League like summing up after the 4th and final Warriors Las Vegas game. I had an episode about that, but then before I could actually get a chance to turn that around and post and then upload it, JaMichael Green was signed by the Warriors and then Mac McClung was signed to a non-guaranteed 1-year deal. And so the episode talking about Summer League is going to come after this part, I want to talk about Joe Green, which I think is an awesome, awesome signing. I think it is exactly what Warriors fans like myself have wanted the front office to do. You know, looking at free agents that were left, nobody seemed to jump out as somebody that could kind of replace Otto Porter Jr. as that veteran forward who can you know, shoot the three decently rebound and do a little bit of everything. Somebody who can fill that gap between the starting unit and the young guys like Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, et cetera, et cetera. So when Jermichael Green was bought out and everyone announced that he was going to sign with the Warriors, I was like, there you go. That's exactly the piece that the Warriors needed. And I'm happy because, you know, this whole time, this whole free agency period, people have been really, well, not everybody, but there is a very, very strange faction of Warriors fans that like really, really are just knee-jerk reacting to every single non-signing that the Warriors make and every time that somebody that they want gets signed by another team. And it's strange because what they should understand is that this is a process and that this front office has gone through this several times. They've had some success and they've had lesser success, but usually they do the right thing. And that's why it's so weird to me sometimes where people are wringing their hands over losing a couple free agents. Yes. We get attached to them. Yes. They helped the warriors and the fan base win a title, but the core, the championship core is still there. And the young lottery core plus Jordan Poole is still there. And then you have Andrew Wiggins, Kavon Looney, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, a lot of folks with every, every move that the Warriors didn't make, like letting go of Gary Payton, II, second auto Porter jr. Bielica, and let's be honest. A lot of those were easy to predict. If Gary Payton, II got a better deal that was beyond the Warriors' set limits, they weren't going to match, especially at three years. And then with Otto Porter Jr., he came to the Warriors on a minimum. He was just coming to the Warriors to basically rehab his value, and he did that. And then Nemnya Bielica, he saw the writing was on the wall, and he went back to Turkey where he played before. So it's one of those things where... You know these guys. All of a sudden, it's it's recency bias. Like everyone, all of a sudden, loved them and thought they were the most important players on the team. Again, not knocking what they did, but if you're just kind of being practical and looking at the situation, I mean, people were loving Nemanja Bjelica for "quote unquote" locking down Jason Tatum in the finals. But all those people, I almost guarantee you, all those people were complaining about him throughout the regular season criticism is always deserved but this kind of like manic back and forth is is really really strange to me sometimes but again that's uh hopefully like more of a sliver of warriors fans out there and the rest of y'all are a little bit more sane and measured right this front office has earned the right to have a little bit of cushion a little bit cut them some slack you know what i mean like that their reputation should allow people to see how everything plays out and then when all the dust clears when all of it settles look at the team that the Warriors front office has put together and right now it's looking pretty decent you know they have like i said the the vets they have the young guys they have the Wiggins the Looney they have Dante DiVincenzo they have JaMichael Green so they're starting to put those veteran role players, just kind of like uh, guys who can come in and give you some solid, solid minutes without worrying about, you know, rookie mistakes or young guy mistakes. And then maybe, you know, you'll sign Andre Iguodala if he decides to come back, right? I've always said I would love to have him back because the value that he brings to the vets, to the coaching staff, to the young guys is massive, right? So to Michael Green, He is very, very similar to Otto Porter Jr. Maybe Otto Porter Jr. had more of a peak earlier in his career as a number three pick and as somebody who earned a pretty massive salary early on in his career. So that works perfectly for me. He can come in there, rebound, play defense, shoot the three sometimes here and there, couple shots under the bucket, all that. You don't need him to do too much. Just play his role, fill that gap until... Kaminga can come in and do it all the time, right? So that's cool. Love that. Mac McClung, the kid out of summer league who didn't really pass the ball too much to James Wiseman, but he still averaged 4.8 assists. And he had some nice highlight plays. It was announced that he signed a non-guaranteed one-year deal with the Golden State Warriors. And the interesting thing about that is because it's non-guaranteed, the Warriors could obviously cut him. It's more of something, as far as I understand, where Mac McClung does not want to be designated as a two-way player. Either I'm on the team or I move on. So he wants to control his destiny a little bit. If I'm wrong about that, please, somebody just message me and uh, correct me because that's what I've read and figured out from here. And it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see what he can do when he's in training camp. Maybe he'll be a little bit like Gary Payton and he'll wow people, Right. As much as I was a Nico Mannion fan, you know, like I've said in previous episodes, I think Mac McClung is a little bit tougher. And maybe Nico proves to be a little bit more of a pure point guard, but Mac McClung can obviously pass, he can obviously get to the basket, he can shoot decently from outside, and he just seems like a just tougher guy on defense, sturdier, maybe not taller, but willing to scrap and fight. And I'd love to see what comes out of that in in training camp, what the uh, reports are, what coaches say about him, because if he makes the squad, I will be very, very, very (laughs) impressed. And, you know, that would actually lead to a very, very entertaining garbage time team, to be honest, you know, him out there throwing behind the back passes, going up for fast break, uh, 360 dunks or whatever, or windmills. I would love to see that. Another thing that came out uh, today was that Bob Myers said, That he thinks the Warriors are pretty much out of the Kevin Durant trade talks, you know. And take that with a grain of salt, take that at face value if you want. But I am breathing a sigh of relief largely because, as you know, I prefer not to have Kevin Durant come back, I prefer to have the Warriors homegrown talent. The young guys grow together and see how they evolve. That's just how I am. That's what I think most pure, true fans really love to see because you really feel like that connection with these young guys coming in at like 19 years old and then seeing them progress and grow. It's it's you know it's one of the best things to me about being a sports fan, a basketball fan, a Warriors fan in general. So If KD is just not coming, great. We could put all those rumors to rest. There's still a bunch of people out there who are adamant that, oh, you know, KD is going to come to the Warriors. But I mean, at this point, it's not even worth talking about. I've talked about this before that if it is going to be KD, then, you know, hopefully the Warriors don't give up the house. I'll take what Bob Myers has said and just leave it at that. Steph Curry hosting the Espies. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch those, but I saw clips online and, you know, I thought he did decent. I was a little nervous for him with his delivery and how he would be. But, you know, outside of like being a little wonky, reading off of a teleprompter, but good for him and good for him for, I guess, building out his brand as a media guy, right? He has his whole film company, Unanimous, and he has his interests. He has Holy Moly, all that stuff. So... I think it's it's good for him, and I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see what a lot of these uh, you know, basketball stars do in media. Of course, there's Steph, and then there's LeBron James with Spring Hill Entertainment, and then you have guys like Draymond who has a contract with NBA on TNT, obviously has his own podcast, and then Andre Godala with Point Forward, his own podcast. So a lot of these guys are getting out there, and cool, you know? I'm a fan of those guys. I'm curious to see what they produce and what they create. And, um, you know, good on Steph for putting himself out there and having a little fun this summer. And I guess Steph also just being more of the showman that he's shown to be on the court. All right. So that is the latest update. This next part after the swoosh is the episode I recorded talking about Summer League, uh, Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, and just how overall they looked and what I hope to see from them moving into training camp and preseason and the regular season. Also, I talk about Kevin Durant, who, as I just said, Bob Myers says is not really in the cards for the Warriors at this point, but I do talk about like what I would, I guess, give up for him if uh, if it were to come to fruition, assuming that Bob Myers wouldn't be foolish enough and Joe Lacob wouldn't be foolish enough to give up the house, the future house for KD. So here we go. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. I just wanted to talk a little bit, finally, now that Summer League is officially over, just kind of sum it up, you know? And to me summer league, it was a huge success. Right. And I say that because the most important thing for me was that James Wiseman played what four games. And as far as we know, he's 100% healthy, no complications with the knee, no setbacks, nothing like that. So to me, I don't really care about anything else that in and of itself you know, tips the scales in terms of it being a success. Now we've talked about some of the games that happened and, you know, just looking at summer league as a whole, you know, like James Wiseman in particular, right. There's some positives, you know, Uh, he's definitely better on defense, not perfect. Don't get me wrong, but I've said this before. He's a lot better with his rotations. He's much better at staying straight up, you know, arms up. He's seven, one with that massive wingspan. He doesn't need to put his arm, like reach over somebody or go for pump fakes. He still does sometimes, but that's how he gets into foul trouble. That's how guys like pump fake and go by him for easy buckets. So he's clearly internalized some of those teachings before. So that's 100% something in the right direction. Uh, You know, a lot of times the point guards or whoever was supposed to play point, like Mac McClung, I mean, I've said this already, like guys in Summer League, just like in the G League, are trying to, they're looking out for their own, right? They're trying to get either the Warriors or some other team that needs them, Interested in their services. So they're trying to get onto big league uh contracts, they're trying to get onto two-way contracts, all that stuff. At certain points, Mac McClung did pass James Wiseman the ball. And at those points, James Wiseman caught the ball. So again, that's something that he had problems with, you know, the heebie jeebies with the hands. But to me, from what I saw, his hands looked fine. He was catching passes that were. You know, in his face, in his chest. Yes, sometimes bounce passes are a little bit too low. And because he's so tall, like those he can't get to those. But overall in general, those are positive signs. And his shooting stroke looks good. I've always said, you know, on his three-point shot that like for a guy who is seven one, he, he has a bit of a wind up, right? It's not like a traditional jumper. It's more of like, you know, he coils down and it takes a while to get that shot off so i wonder if over time they'll adjust that a little bit in order to make sure that he gets <laughs> that shot off quicker i mean he's he's super tall so he's probably used to people not being able to guard that or block that but you know it's something to keep an eye out on and you know his stroke looks fine he just needs more reps and honestly that's kind of a theme like especially with him, just reps, 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 healthy reps, move on with his development instead of just rehabbing and making sure the knee is okay. Uh, I don't tend to compare him at this point to LaMelo Ball or Anthony Edwards, right? I mean, that's going to follow him as long as he plays basketball. I mean, the same way DeAndre Ayton and Marvin Bagley III, they have Trey Young and Luka Doncic drafted after them, right? So, you know, it is what it is, but forget it, right? If those guys, if Mello and Anthony Edwards missed as many games their first two seasons as James Wiseman did with an injury, then, I mean, it'd be a very, very similar, similar case. But just, you know, for all intents and purposes, you just have to look at Wiseman as an individual, who he is, and just look at his progression, look at his progress. Yeah, you know, what if he didn't get hurt? What if he went stronger with that dunk and Kenyon Martin Jr. didn't get up there and 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 block his shot and force him to the ground? You know, like I always felt that that dunk that he got injured on, he was actually kind of soft on it. But you just can't do anything about the past. And you just want to be sure that, whatever trajectory he's on now, that it continues to improve. You know, I was talking to or texting with uh, Vubang, who's on the show a lot, and he was saying to me that he thinks that Wiseman will have to spend a ton of time in the G League and maybe the whole season. And to me, like, that's, that's a bit much. Right now, it's about getting him into training camp and seeing how he looks there. You know what I mean? It's like, we can make judgments right now, but what's what's the point? Uh, I think it's a question of seeing how he looks in training camp, in preseason, and listening to how the coaching staff, the front office talks about him, right? Because with James Wiseman, they, in 2020, after he got drafted, there was so much talk about how great he is and how athletic he is and how he's the best athlete and the fastest guy on the team back then, right? But ever since then, they've learned to manage expectations. And I expect to hear a lot of that expectation management. Yes, he might spend some time in the G League, but I don't think the whole season, as long as he's healthy, I think that he is definitely worthy of having backup centermen is behind Kevon Looney. And I think that the Warriors would definitely prefer him to be around the big league club, especially after missing a whole season and a half pretty much and get him used to that environment and the team and the players, et cetera, et cetera. You know, putting him back in the G league, who knows, who knows what happens to him there. He might get some reps. I mean, maybe when they're back in the Bay, they send him down to the G league if he's not looking like he's playable in certain situations. But I think he will be, I hope that he will be, you know, I'm a big wise man believer, but when it comes down to it, it's like, I said this about this past season, right? The Warriors are pretty much on a different rhythm and trajectory than other teams. This is how it was during the first several years of the dynasty. It's not about, like, yes, you want to win as many games as possible and you want to secure the highest seating possible. But as I said all last season, like, it's about being prepared for the playoffs, right? We saw that, getting healthy for the playoffs, getting the young guys and the new guys acclimated to those big bright lights environments. So to me, Wiseman, it's not a question of him being ready by the All-Star break, right? Or even by the Christmas Day game, you know? It's having him be ready for the playoffs. And I'm not talking about ready in terms of health, but ready, like bring him along so that when you need him, To chase another title when it really matters, then Kerr, the coaching staff, the front office, they trust him enough. Okay, you're playable in the first round, second round, Western Conference finals, in the finals. So his development isn't about like, you know, showing that he is the world beating number two pick on day one. It's about helping this team win a title, doing the things that this team needs him to do. You know, this team has so much talent now, as opposed to when he got hurt, right? So they only need him to do some, some simple things and then build on that. So as long as he's healthy, you know, I, I totally uh, believe in uh, what he can bring to the table. And, you know, he's entering technically his third year. So he's got to be watching <laughs> for, you know, the next contract, right? <laughs> for this rookie extension. So, you know, he's going to want to show out and prove that he's healthy and that he can contribute the way he knows how, you know, you can see it during the summer league that he was getting frustrated, not getting the ball, but also like, you know, that he wants to be great. And I believe in that. So fingers crossed, not making any predictions, but that's how I feel like the trajectory of things will go. You know, that's what the Warriors need from him. Again, they need him to be big. They need him to block shots. They need him to rebound. They need him to be that vertical threat. They, you know, if he can become that pick and pop guy, that would be amazing, but they won't need that right away. So, you know, right now in the long run, he'll be fine (laughs) and it'll be good for him to work on his drills with like real players with guys on the team instead of, you know, uh random coaches or nobody like he did last season. You know, he doesn't have to be a twenty and ten guy. There's room for the Warriors to be patient. They need him to be uh honestly like a twelve and eight guy when he gets minutes. You know what I mean? He'll be playing against second units for the most part. And those are his opportunities to dominate. And he'll be playing with guys as opposed to summer league in the G League who can get him the ball, who know how to pass, who know the Warriors offense, you know? And I think he will hopefully thrive sooner rather than later, fingers crossed. But, um, you know, I got positive vibes from him from Summer League. your betting options feel endless. I'm looking forward to all those Giants-Dodgers matchups because it's just one of the best rivalries in sports. So we'll see what the odds are for those. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Jonathan Kaminga, as a guy on the ball in general, he got better. Uh, his shooting was still iffy here and there, and he's still working on his decision making. You know, I said this last time, and it's still crazy to me that as of today, in three years, he'll still be younger than Jordan Poole is right now. You know, so that's how young he is and how talented he is. And to show this stuff right now at his age at 19, I mean, again, he reclassified so last year, technically could have been his senior year in high school, and this could be his freshman year in college. But let that set in for a second. I've said that John Kaminga's shooting stroke isn't broken, and it looked much better as the season went on last season, right? The coaching staff seemed to really fix whatever tweaks he needed in his shot. Summerlee is way more inconsistent, maybe because he was forcing stuff, and also maybe because he was – having like a quicker trigger. During the regular season, he would get a lot of shots off that were wide open threes. So he had a beat to set and really like secure his form. In summer league, he was doing stuff off ball. He was jacking up shots like quicker, you know, because there were guys on him more so than in the regular season when you have so many other shooters out there. So when you rush your shot, maybe, it was kind of throwing his motion off just a little bit more than he's used to. So he's got to get in there, work on getting that shot off. And also, you know, during the regular season a lot, a lot of his shots, a lot of his highlight plays were him moving without the ball, right? So he wasn't set and having to, put a shake and bake move on anybody. So he's working on that. And, you know, last season it was like a lot of him cutting to the basket or him going back door and going in for some crazy two handed dunk where he almost hits his head on the rim. He can still do all those things, but he needs to develop his stuff with the ball in his hands. You can see the path they're taking with him in terms of him being more on ball and me being more, uh, able to be a point forward and have that responsibility. So I love that they're developing that in him. Will we see that much during the regular season? Maybe, you know, maybe second unit stuff, maybe garbage time stuff, who knows? Or maybe when he plays, they just use his strengths again and then slowly develop those other things. And in terms of his free throws, he shot overall pretty poorly in summer league with his free throws. But again, uh, I said this last episode, we know that he can hit free throws. It's just a question of getting the reps, taking his time, not overreacting to any of this stuff. And I tend to say this and Aram in Toronto said this too. It's like, you don't want to take summer league too seriously. And it's not a question of just looking at the good things and, you know, being hyped on the good things and uh, dismissing the bad things. Not, not at all, but In my time kind of doing this podcast and watching these players, you get an idea of what they're like a little bit and the trends. And I think in this situation, seeing that Wiseman can stay healthy, seeing what he's able to do when he gets the ball and how he is actively trying to improve in terms of rebounding and seeing that with Kaminga, that despite some of his lesser moments, that he is aggressively taking on the leadership, the responsibility that the Warriors coaching staff has foisted on him, then, you know, for him, Kaminga, those are those early growing pains of being that guy. So you have to take that into account, right? And with Wiseman, like I said, I was just looking for him to be healthy and to see if he still has that athleticism, has that bounce and seeing that he has his stroke, whatever, all those things, those are all positives, you know, negatives, things that they can work on are clearly, obviously, obviously there. Wiseman missed a year and a half. And before that only played 39 NBA games and played three college games during 2020. Right. So uh, there's definitely things that need to be worked on. And with Kaminga, same as well. I've, I've talked about some of those, his decision-making, his shot. And also like his handle, right? I said early on that his handle tends to be a little bit out and high and away from his body. And so if he's going to be on ball more, he's going to have to get tighter with that, right? Especially if he's trying to get through uh, tight spaces and double teams or splitting double teams and all that stuff. So those are the things I'm looking for in training camp in preseason or whatever they're working on behind the scenes that maybe we'll see snippets of on social media, whatever, but that's that's where I stand with that Moses Moody. I mean, that guy again. He seems just ready to go. Lower ceiling, probably than Wiseman and Kaminga, but plug and play seems like a total professional. Looks at what the Warriors roster is right now. Looks at where he fits in and is exactly working on those things, whether it's playing good team defense, whether it's getting, you know, scrappy garbage shots, whether it's being the guy in the corner hitting threes, like he is seemingly like knowing his role right now. Could he exceed the ceiling that people think he has? Maybe. Sure. Why not? We've seen <laughs> on the Warriors, like several guys exceed expectations, exceed like quote unquote athletic limitations. So, you know, that's that's something and Moody, of course, was the summer league leading scorer. So, props to him. I think it was a couple of big games that that helped him along the way get that, but I'm very confident in him and what he could bring to the table and him just adding more and more to his game. Everybody said last season that he just seems a lot older, a lot more mature than 19. And you can see that now, right? He just Looks like he just, you know, uh, shows up with his like, you know, briefcase, you know, his metaphorical uh, briefcase goes to work and then uh, does what he what he's supposed to do, what he needs to do. The big question is maybe this is a big question to some people, but uh, to KD or not to KD, that is the question. Um, You know, I've talked about how I don't think the Kevin Durant. Trade to the Warriors is going to happen, but it's still obviously lingering because nothing is pressing. He signed to a four year deal with the Nets. So technically, they don't have to trade him. You know, I obviously don't want to give up the young dudes for Kevin Durant. We just won a title, the Warriors did. And I think that even though we've lost some vets, it's like, man. Everything is working properly. Don't blow that up. Don't blow up this future. So there's a couple of things, you know, people, people are hypothesizing regarding Joel Acum. It's like, oh, he loves KD. So of course, he's going to go after him. But then there's the other side where it's like, he loves the idea of bridging this dynasty and having the Warriors be title contenders for like another decade, another 15 years with these young dudes. So, you yeah, know, I don't know. But which way do you look at it? And you know, to me, if the chatter continues, you know, you're know, you almost forced to think about what you would give up. And obviously, Wiggins would have to be in there for salary purposes, just like last summer, just like when everyone was talking about Bradley Beal, Dane Lillard, Ben Simmons, Pascal Siakam, et cetera. So Wiggins would have to be in that. And then you assume that the Nets would want the young guys, picks, whatever. but for me, it's like, okay, if it's all the young guys, then that's ridiculous. And if it's a few of the young guys, if it's a couple of the young guys and future picks, then maybe, you know, obviously I don't want to lose Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, Jordan Poole, (laughs) or Moses Moody. But there is some package there that could probably work for, you know, my personal tastes as a fan. and that's the challenge. If this is actually real, if this actually has legs is to find the best situation for the warriors where they keep enough future talent for, you know, years to come. And again, if it's anybody, but Kaminga and Wiseman, then I wouldn't be so my, my feathers wouldn't be so ruffled. I'll say, but I think what the Warriors have right now is very, very special, very, very unique. And I would love to run it with these guys and whatever vets they can find to fill out the free agency roster. You know, that being said, it's like, you know, I see people talk about how, you know, if you get KD, then like you're going to repeat. And I think the Warriors still can definitely (laughs) repeat as champions with who they have right now, but we'll see. We'll see what where this goes I mean I think that with Kevin Durant I mean I personally you know like don't want to rehash that but there is obviously the the kind of basketball uh, purist <laughs> mentality of like just wanting to see that beautiful game with KD, Clay, Steph Draymond all together just to see that brand of basketball again do I definitely want it no no You know, if I want to see that brand of basketball, I could go watch highlights from those three years where Kevin Durant was. But if it does happen, then I mean, that will be another unique thing to see. But again, if I had my brothers, stay solid, add some vets, develop the young guys, and you know, let's see this team evolve and grow organically from these guys that the Warriors have drafted going from Steph, Clay, Draymond, to Wiseman, Kaminga, Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, and then possibly some of the younger dudes, Patrick Baldwin Jr. and uh, Ryan Rollins. So that's a lot of young dudes for sure. Again, I hope Andre Agdala comes back. And I also hope that they can find some vets to just have not such a youth-heavy roster, but... We'll see. We'll see. I know that future contracts come into play also when considering maybe trading for Kevin Durant. Like maybe if you can't pay Wiggins or you don't want to pay Wiggins and you don't want to pay Pool as well, then you just package them and figure out who else needs to be in that package. But, you know, these are all the things going on in my mind and I'm sure everybody else's mind too when it comes to uh, Kevin Durant but that's all I got on that for now and and uh you know the rest of the summer I'll be having episodes with a bunch of guests talking about some fun warrior stuff and whatever updates come along so yeah this has been another episode of the Oak Warriors podcast be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. feel free to hit me up on twitter at Patrick Epiño E-P-I-N-O Check us out, Open Warriors, and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen to the Open Warriors podcast used by National Film Society and as a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave a five-star rating on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. All that stuff is always, always really, really helpful and very, very much appreciated. And that's it music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs!